When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by the Undated Sports Network and Belly Up Sports Network. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and member of the Adams family, Troy. With me, as always, is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the main event collector. He's the Abdul of the Butcher to my Cactus Jack. Bang, bang. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? I don't know. I respond to that. I know. You hate Abdullah. Hey, you know what, man? For to say you hate Abdullah is like take a number. <sighs> Screw you. <laughs> uh, to anybody out there not familiar, um, I don't think a lot of people like Abdullah the Butcher, you know, in the ring or out of it. Uh, uh, Bill- I think you count on one hand that people don't like him. Yeah, right. Well, isn't it uh, Billy Graham who said he wanted to give his Hall of Fame ring back when they <laughs> inducted Abdullah? Yep. <laughs> that was funny. Like, holy crap, man. And, you can do roids, but you can't bleed. Yeah, right. Hey, well, you can't bleed with uh, – did he have AIDS or HIV? I thought I he was hepatitis. Just, okay, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I he's think just he got hep- – Okay, yeah, so I think he's got hep C or whatever, and supposedly he, he bled on people, you know, with while he had hep C. And, uh, yeah, that was one guy's story. They had, like, a documentary about it where he said uh, he had to stop wrestling because he wrestled once with Abdullah and got – bled on and got hep C. That's pretty pathetic. Yeah, that's, um, wow. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know how to go from that to this, but I mean, uh, it's all depressing. <laughs> We're talking about Halloween Havoc 1991 today. This was during well, there, the gym. There might have been a, a match in here that was somewhat watchable, maybe. Oh, yeah. And, and we'll, you know, we'll get to all that, you know, here, uh, here on the show. There's, it's a, a weird lineup that I'm actually anxious to talk about because it's some of it's funny. Some of it's like, what the hell is this? Eh, I don't know. It runs the gambit of weird WCW crap. And this was smack. What's dab. Well, this was smack dab in the middle of the Jim Hurd era. So I think the Jim Hurd era wound down in 92, if I remember correctly, because I think he was, he either stepped out or was fired or whatever. Uh, we demand the ding dongs. <laughs> right. Well, it was after flair left to go to WWF. Uh, I think he was gone by the end of 92. So oh, that That's was one of the reasons. Bill Watts came in, I assume. I can't remember the 
the lineage. Yeah, that had to have been. Well, I think it was Kip Fry and then Bill Watts. So, you know, we all remember the, the awesome Kip Fry era. Not. That's probably <laughs> but, the least crap, but I don't know what the hell that's saying. Yeah, you go from somebody who knows nothing about wrestling to somebody who knows even less about wrestling to a raging racist who's stuck in the 70s. It's not a racist. He hired a junkyard dog. Oh, yeah, well, that, that erases it all. <laughs> Good lord. Andy's a homophobe. I forgot to mention that as well. <sighs> Whatever. But, yeah. Wow, this is ha- shocking. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Halloween Havoc 1991, man. This is the third annual Halloween Havoc. We'll get into it. a cold sweat. <laughs> yeah, right. We got to tell that story when we get to the match, man. We just, if people have not seen the Legends Roundtable, uh, I think it is, aren't they all on Peacock now? I don't think any of those were on Peacock. I don't think any of them were uh, on the network, honestly. I could have swore I was scrolling through and I'm like, holy crap, these are. I know they are now, but I feel like they were not on the network, on the original network. That one, I I can't tell you for sure. I I know I was scrolling through and I was like, wow, because I saw I'm assuming they're all on there. If if one is on, I'm sure they all are. But there was a Legends Roundtable with or whatever the hell they called it with uh, Dusty Rhodes on it. And they brought up this match. And, uh, well, Greg and I have never let it die. (laughs) Cold sweat. (laughs) Yeah, I will say. Right. But we'll get into it um, here in just a moment. Did want to let you know uh, we do if you know, we have a merch store on Redbubble. Uh, we'll talk about in the break. And we have a special Breast Cancer Awareness Month T-shirt on there where the logo is in pink. It's got the pink uh, support ribbon on there. So go check that out. Also, I want to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Fanatics. Get your officially licensed sports gear today. The link is down in the podcast description. You'll hear more about Fanatics coming up in our breaks. Also, uh, we want to let you know about our sponsorship with Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great-tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code, Main Event Marks. It's all one word, for 15% off your order. Also, if you're listening on the podcast feed, thank you. Please subscribe and leave a review. Spread the word about your favorite retro wrestling podcast and uh, bring in – you know, all your friends and family and family's friends and friends, family. And also we play live. I don't know if you know about this. We play live on unhinged radio every Wednesday is a brand new episode at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on unhinged Pro. We have an immediate replay on Wednesday at 930 Eastern, 630 Pacific. We also have replays on Thursdays, Fridays and Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. That is unhinged Pro live free radio, Internet radio with tons and tons of sports. You're going to want to check it out. We are, uh, well, the Unhinged Network is officially one year old. So check it out. Free online sports radio. That is unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Now that all that is taken care of, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to dive into all the spooky news and notes of the time. October 91. We'll be right back. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Get all the best podcast swag from the main event marks. Our merch shop offers custom graphics, including the podcast logo on hats, 
shirts, masks, greeting cards, and more. There are tons of new designs with more dropping all the time. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks to grab your podcast merch today and become an official main event mark. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. And we are back. Yeah, we're back. Before we get into all the news and notes, I want to let you know that Yeats aims to provide the most unique and high quality sunglasses on the market at an unbeatable price. They're built from the latest manufacturing techniques. Yeats shades are made for comfort, durability, and big yeet moments. And on top of that, a percentage of all the profits go towards beach cleanups and other community outreach programs. No matter your style, their shades are here to help you chase your vision. Go to yeetsofficial.com and use that promo code BELLYUPPOD to save 10% at checkout. That's yeetsofficial, Y-E-E-T-Z official.com, and put in that promo code BELLYUPPOD, that's B-E-L-L-Y-U-P-P-O-D, to save yourself 10% at checkout, baby. Time to dive into the news and notes here. Uh, first off, WWF snuck in the first Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair match at a TV taping in Dayton, yeah, Dayton, Ohio, on October oh, 22nd. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that was on October 22nd. Uh, the dark main event was supposed to actually be Flair versus Roddy Piper, but Hogan and Flair were talking about their upcoming series during a, a show and decided that they wanted to go out there and give it a go before debuting the match in Oakland, California. It yeah, was, Oakland. <laughs> yeah, it was basically a nothing match with a burned out crowd uh, just so that they could get a feel for working together. Yeah, uh, I'm going to assume Hogan went over, but you never know. I think it was I, by count out, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I don't go over fan the Dark cam, it's only fan, There's actually fan cam footage on YouTube, I believe. I've seen that. I don't know if it was the if it was that match or this one I'm about to talk about because they said the first quote unquote real match between Hogan and Flair actually took place uh, in Oakland or excuse me on October 25th in Oakland, California and drew almost 15,000 people to the building the most in several years. It wasn't a classic, but it was the best thing on the show by far and everyone was happy with it. Although Hogan was the clear favorite Flair had about 30% support. They did the match that we all know these days, where it was Flair seemingly knocking out Hogan with a foreign object to win the title at 11.35, only to have Dave Hebner run out and reverse the decision. Fans in the building completely bought the fake title change, however. Okay, a couple things. First of all, what was the building in Oakland in, like, 91? Do you even remember? It's still the same one. It's Oracle. Or... 
Oh. I don't know what it's did called they, now, but... Did they renovate it? <clears throat> oh, yeah, they renovated it several times. It's so, not bad. The Warriors just wanted a new stadium. All yeah, right, they're okay. going to be moving a WNBA team in there, apparently. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I'm sure you're going to be a frequent attendee to those games. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so 15,000. I mean, is that is that a good crowd for the? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. Especially with it being non-televised or whatever. I mean, I don't know how much that mattered back in 91, but. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool, though. I wish I would have went to that. Yeah, I'm sure you were you were fairly young at the time, weren't you? Seven. Yeah. So I, I I assume your your family didn't attend a lot of like live shows back in the day. <clears throat> no, I didn't. My first one was until 1996, seven, 97. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of like me. I literally never went to a wrestling show until I was, I want to say, 18, maybe maybe 20, something like that. Uh, but uh, Ricky Steamboat, unsurprisingly, was either has either quit or was fired, depending or from the WWF, depending on who's telling the story. He gave notice <laughs> on Oct- like that. Yeah, right. Uh, he gave notice on October 16th because he wasn't happy and was supposed was uh, supposed to have a big push that didn't materialize. Uh, Steamboat was only making about $52,000 per year, which wasn't particularly beneficial for his financial well-being. At 52 grand, at, what, what, how's he supposed to eat and feed his family? 52 grand in 1991 was like a lot of money, dude. I know, right? That's freaking nuts. It wasn't <laughs> the NWA money, apparently. I like. I can't remember who it was we were talking about, and I threw out a number like that. Oh, it was uh, me, Gene, where he was making like over a hundred. It was like one hundred twenty grand a year, and he wanted a pay raise. And you were like, "Man, I'm, you know, a man's got to eat." He does, man. <laughs> right. uh, uh, so anyway, on, the bills, man. Right. Uh, on the lo- uh, the latest TV taping, the agents asked him to do a squash match, uh, squash job rather for both the Undertaker and the IRS. So, or I know you laugh every time I call him the IRS, just IRS. He is the IRS. <laughs> right. Four clothes on your house and all that stuff. Wow. Uh, but since he had given his notice already, they wanted him to do that. Steamboat decided this wasn't a smart move for him, however, and he just walked out. Vince McMahon was suppo- supposedly so pissed that he didn't even buy a plane ticket back home for Ricky. I mean, the guy just kind of walked out on the show. I mean, if a guy just kind of walked out on my show, yeah. Should he be rewarded for quitting? Or? I know. It's like, uh, you know I what? I quit you and pay for me go home the nerve of these people. <laughs> I know. Screw them. How dare you? <sighs> Whatever. The WWF shot an angle with Randy Savage and Jake Roberts at the Fort Wayne tapings, where Jake goaded Randy into leaving his announce, announcing job to defend Elizabeth's honor, and Jake laid him uh, laid him out and tied him into the ropes so that a snake could bite his arm. This got over huge with the live crowd, although some of the kids in the audience were pretty upset by it. I'm sure yeah. you were pretty upset by it. I don't remember my reaction, honestly. I remember seeing it. I remember my reaction, though. Being seven years old and as into wrestling as you were, you're probably pretty upset at that point. Like, what the hell? Yeah, I, I know. As a, I mean, it's disgusting. Ret- so, 
Yeah. I mean, in retrospect, I saw it like as a kid, like years later, and even I was like, what the hell did, he, did they do to Macho Man? It wasn't just a snake. Either. It was a cobra. Let's make that clear. <laughs> I know. Allegedly, the the tale went, uh, I think Bruce Pritchard might have told this story, where Macho, was, you know, because uh, Jake had it in the back with him, and he's like, oh, it's okay. He's been, uh, he's had his uh, fangs taken out, and he's been devenomized and all that stuff. And Macho's like, oh, if you're so confident, have him bite your foot first, uh-huh. And uh, supposedly Jake took his boot off and had to let the snake bite his foot. Wow. Other, yeah. Which I like. I wonder if that caused problems later on, because supposedly even without the fangs and even without the venom, uh, Macho's arm still kind of bruised and swelled up a little bit. Well, I don't know. But I don't think the, I'd ever do that. Hell no. I don't like snakes. So that's a uh, yuck. But the WWF. <laughs> wow. The WWF tried to turn Sergeant Slaughter again and failed because he and Jim Duggan recited the Pledge of Allegiance as their big babyface spot, and the crowd booed the crap out of it. <laughs> wow. Uh, where were they? Uh, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't say where they were when they were trying to do it. But this is '91. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter a heel right before this. He's trying to. Remember. He wants his country back. So he's turning her face. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> if you're trying to get America to love you, I saw Jim Duggan's the way, man. Yeah, right. Well, when you say I want my country back, all I can think of is, uh, well, I think it was the latest season of South Park where Mr. Garrison was singing it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> man. Here we go, man. Barry Darso debuted the new Repo Man gimmick. And Hell music, yes. And he got. No reaction. I wonder why. You go from Demolition Smash to this. Like, what the hell? Well, and then he goes to WCW and he's hole-in-one Barry Darso. Yeah. Every single week, he was five minutes away from getting his PGA card or something like that. What the hell? (laughs) And And then he becomes the blacktop bully. And he's a truck driver. Whatever. He had like the worst. Business, like <laughs> so they said he became just the average white guy, either, you know, <laughs> the hardcore white guy that repos your car or the country club white guy that plays golf. Oh, OK. Or a hardcore uh, white guy that drives truck. <laughs> one of the one of them. Yeah. Harvey Whippleman has taken over the bulk of Slick's managerial duties now that he's gone. Yeah, that's oh. all great. Yeah, right. You lose Slick and you get Harvey Whippleman. Dr. Cool. Harvey Whippleman. Right, yeah. <laughs> so does that mean uh, Harvey was, I mean, Slick was going to manage Sid then? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe that one was a, just like, maybe they just combined. I don't know. I do know yeah. at some point Slick would be back because he would be managing Kamala. Yeah, that's well. He managed the you know actually, the real he African. Back, actually, he came back as the Reverend Slick. So you throw a Reverend on a guy's name, he's instantly a babyface, you know, because that's how it went. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> well, 
he went, you know, he managed the real African and the fake African. Good Lord. Well, and which was which? You know, was Akeem the real one? And, and uh, uh, well, Akeem was the Kamala African the dream. So, yeah, right. Yeah, that's what all Africa. That's what all of Africa aspires to be is Akeem. 500 pound white guy <laughs> that shucks and jives. <laughs> Uh, I gotta ask, do you think that was a rib on Dusty? Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. The white guy doing the jive so bro thing, shucking and jiving. The African dream instead of the American dream. Like, ugh, I don't know. They should have kept him one man gang. That's all I know. Could they not trademark it or something? No, they had it. It just, I, I think, well, I think he owned it. Because he was the one uh, man game. He's used it in multiple places, so yeah, I assume. Yeah, right. And he still uses it. Uh, I do, I do. They're just, if anyone, no one's ever seen it, they should look on YouTube the, um, the how Akeem comes to life. Oh, they're my doing some, gosh. Doing some ceremony, and they, there's African dancers and stuff. And, in the ghetto, by the way, uh, around then, like, like a burning barrel. And then Meiji mentions his name. Oh, you're one man gang. I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear that name anymore. Something like that. <laughs> and they've got a and they've got a boombox with them. Yep. Like son of a. By the way, I've recently found out if anybody out there is too young to know what a boombox is, Google it. The Rockers did a couple of squash uh, matches, and uh, Shawn Michaels is teasing a heel turn on Marty sometime soon. It happens. Yeah. When was it the end of this year that he turns? Yes, because the first time I saw him as uh, singles and a, and a heel was in the Royal Rumble. So it's coming up okay. pretty quickly. Yeah, because I know shop window's about to happen. Uh, and then, yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah, because now in the archives, WrestleMania 8 from 1992, he is the heartbreak kid there. So here's one. I, I didn't don't think know. so. Not, yeah, he's not a heartbreak kid. So Mr. Perfect's on commentary. <laughs> Well, I, I, well, he's doing the the heartbreak kid gimmick in nineteen. Oh, I mean, it's not his name, is what I mean. No, well, I don't know. He's got Sherry with him and doing all that stuff. So, but uh, here's what I didn't know about. I, I mean, I didn't really keep up with the box office, whatever. But Suburban Commando has already been f- dropped from theaters and is labeled a major flop. In fact, Disney lo- no longer has interest in being in the Hulk Hogan business as a result. How did that movie flop? <laughs> That's honestly, like, I get it. It's cheesy and whatever. But honestly, it's my favorite Hulk Hogan movie of all time. It's got the Undertaker in it, dude. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually kind of lo- I, I kind of dug this movie. Had Christopher Lloyd in it. Good yeah, stuff. It had olive oil in it. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Wow. Here's funny looking back at 91. Newcomers Lance Storm and Chris Jericho re- uh, worked recently for FMW shows in the opening matches. Oh, God. Speaking of dark side, that one sucked. Yeah. Well, what was weird was they must not have done too many openers because Chris Jericho said he was in a few main events over there. Pretty blonde Canadian main event. Yeah, right. And did you see he had, like, just a ton of eyeliner on? Like, um, okay. 
Yeah, if anybody has not seen the FMW episode of Dark Side of the Ring, you should definitely go and check that out. Before you watch it, don't watch it. <laughs> I actually thought it was fairly interesting. What blew my mind is the crap they did after Onita left the company. Jim I like how Cornette. they try to go legit for a minute. Yeah, and then they start peeing on each other in the ring. They lit off fireworks out of some dude's ass when he was tied up in the corner. Uh, so they're turning an episode of Jackass is what you're saying. Yeah, some dude was like eating ravioli in the ring for no reason. Then they did like dance routines. Like, well, I'm like, Ashton Booger made a billion dollars doing that. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Jim Cornette did bring up. He was like, you know, uh, you know, he, remember Onita said he was making like two million a year or something like that. And he was like, and mysteriously, he decides to just completely, you know, give the company away and leave the business forever. Like, mm, some doesn't seem quite, you know, up to snuff about that. Like, I think he knew something. All I'm saying is, you know, he knew something. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, right. Uh, speaking of Dark Side of the Ring, Herb Abrams is offering a real wow. life. <laughs> he's offering a real life prize of one hundred thousand dollars for anyone who can beat dr death steve williams dr d david schultz is said to be interested in trying to collect provided it was a shoot an effing shoot bro why is this a thing like people thought this guy was legit tough and like i mean you know the brawl for all is clearly that too um yeah i mean he was but like i honestly was he because i doubt it well, especially back in his prime, like or during this time period, he was in much better shape than during the Brawl for All. But and he did knock some fools out during the Brawl for All. But I think he beat one guy. Yeah. Well, I am out of a perverse pleasure. I just like or curiosity, whatever. I just kind of want to see Dr. Death and Dr. D beating the dog crap out of each other, like as a shoot. I just want to see how it You're went. Sick. Uh, mine, dude. Dude, I, I don't know. I, I, bro, as a pure television viewer, I'm entertained by this, bro. Bro, I want to see John Stossel cover it, bro. Holy crap. Then he'd get he'd get the crap smacked <laughs> out of him by both of them. But $100,000? Like, what the hell, man? Where the hell is Herb Abrams coming up with a hundred grand? Is he like a Texas fan or something and he just hates Sooners or what? I don't know, man. I know he loved, uh, you know, Dr. Death because he kept him around the whole time. The thing about uh, Herb Abrams, everybody needs to go back and watch the Herb Abrams and uh, UWF episode of, of uh, Dark Side of the Ring as well. And There's also when, an episode in the archives, by the way, if you want to listen to that. Yes. Yeah. Go check that out. You remember the where he got all hyped up on the mic one time and just yelled out, let's hear it for the Jews. Yes. Like, what the hell? And he could get away with it because he was a Jew, but uh, like, what the hell, man? I I couldn't figure out the context of that though. There was none. He was, I guarantee, he was freaking fried. <laughs> That's all I could think. I don't yeah. think Tony Khan does drugs. I'm trying to figure out his excuse for being the same way. Wow, he's nuts. Hey, Tony Khan at least doesn't yell out weird crap like that. So, I mean, yeah, he says some dumb uh, stuff, but. Um, yes, he does. <laughs> like what? There's a, a thing on YouTube when he was talking about the, the cage match that they were going to set up at the last pay-per-view. Everyone go, should go watch it. 
he gets like really worked up and you know what the, no one's gonna interfere with this and you know have a good day everybody <laughs> hell but i just hear it was the most bipolar thing ever i encourage you to listen not, to we're done with this go listen to it he yeah he goes from like hardcore you know, i i hate the bucks and the elite interfering and all that with only like half a second to you oh, i hope everyone's joining the show what the hell did i just hear yeah that uh, man needs to uh, never yeah, be on clo- camera He's close to Herb Abrams more than you want to admit it, but whatever. Yeah, well, hey, I never said he was he should be speaking on a microphone or on camera at all. But I will admit I did laugh at a few of his impact uh, commercials. But like it wasn't I was laughing with him. I was laughing at him. Yeah, so. yeah, they were really horrific. But yeah, still, at least I mean, I don't know what his excuse is, but we know he's not on drugs like Abrams was. Right. Okay. Well, that's good content, that's buddy. Fine, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> You know, we're, remember, you know, I, I said instead of that's good crap, pal, then his thing is that's good content, buddy. <laughs> and he says that's it just word, like that, too. That's his word, too, is buddy. <laughs> yep. I hate when people overuse that word because it, like, it makes me feel like they're condescending me. It's like, don't call me buddy. That's your buddy, pal. <laughs> I'm not your pal, guy. The quest for Flair's belt continues as a court date is scheduled for November 7th, although Ric Flair's attorneys are still offering to sell for $50,000, or excuse me, $50,200. Got to get it exact. So you mean to tell me this belt costs over fifty grand? I, I don't wouldn't buy doubt it. that. Really? You I think, think the big made gold? made like solid gold, yeah, I think so. All right, I mean, if it was solid gold, I get that. Uh, I mean, whatever Ric Flair could have possibly done with it behind the scenes probably devalued it a little bit. But, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, cleaning costs. Or value that. or up the value. It depends on who you're talking to. Yeah, right. Hey, he's walking through hallways wearing nothing but his robe and that belt. All right. And a smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, good Lord. Uh, somebody pointed out, though, they're like, so – this is the intelligence of, you know, the Turner legal team at this point. They're willing to spend all this money in legal fees rather than just pay him 50 grand to get the damn thing back. Like it's about whatever. principle. Yeah, right. No, F you and that belt. Uh, you know, to quote, uh, supposedly to quote Jim Hurd. F you and that belt. I'm going to give me some pizza. Hut. Wow. Yeah. And apparently, um, Oh, what the hell did it? Ross said he drank a lot of uh, uh, gin. That was it. He said his quote every time they went to the bar. He's like, uh, it takes a lot of gin to get this motor running. Like, what the hell does that even mean? Wow. Was he a Snoop Dogg fan, too? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, Clash of the Champions 17 was made official for November 19th. With the main event of the Enforcers versus Barry Windham and Ron Simmons and a bunch of other BS, that card ended up going through some okay. drastic changes. A bunch of other BS because other BS would make that match BS, and I think that sounds like a good match. Yeah, the, I, that that does sound good. Um, but I guess the other stuff on the card looked pretty bad once it because this. Well, was the main I guarantee event. you the Z-Man was on the card, so I mean, how bad could it have been? Oh yeah, man, when you book. Uh, you know, freaking the Z-Man. The hell was his real? Tom Zank. When you Tom book Zank. Tom Zank, man, that's that's all you need to put asses in seats. As long as he's facing Johnny B. Bad in the opener. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Uh, but the card ended up going through some drastic changes after Halloween Havoc for the better and was supposedly a hell of a show. Dusty Rhodes and Ricky Steamboat actually took on the Enforcers. Go back and watch that. Yeah. Uh, Dusty Rhodes and Ricky Steamboat actually took on the Enforcers for the World Tag Team titles. Flying Brian took on Johnny B. Bad for the light heavyweight title. Sting defended his U.S. title against Rick Rude. And Lex Luger took on Rick Steiner in the main event. That's an odd main event, but okay. Yeah, right. All in all, that card does sound pretty decent, actually. I'm kind of curious now. I always liked how Clash of the Champions always had tag team guys being doing a singles match i think there was one where right. hawk wrestled flair i know there's one where yeah. scott Steiner wrestled flair so it was like yep. their testing grounds to yeah it's a little weird uh they and they had uh i want to say they had bobby eaton doing single stuff when he was still part of the the midnight oh, well i mean he too. did anyways though i think so yeah i mean it's funny because uh, like a lot of the tag teams you know no disrespect, but you could look at the Midnight Express and tell Bobby was the one. Some right. of them you can guess, like, oh, maybe this guy. It was always going to be Bobby Eaton. We all knew that. I will say that gap closed a little bit once they got rid of Condry and got Stan Lane. But, yeah, yeah Bobby was I, still better. That's still um, my Midnight Express. Whenever I talk about them, that's the duo I refer to. Maybe that's what I know. Yeah, yeah, the stuff with the original Midnight Express was like, I mean, it's still out there. You can still see some of it. It's just, you know, pretty far back. Whereas when Sweet Stan joined the team, they were already in Crockett. They were on national television. So, and, uh, man, Stan Lane was really the tag team guy, too, because he went from the fabulous ones to that. Yep. <laughs> Uh, WCW made an offer to Minnesota Twins first baseman Kent Herbeck. I'm going to I don't know how to pronounce that name. It's Kent H-R- Brockman, Nightly News, Springfield. Wow. Uh, but the name is spelled H-R-B-E-K. Herbeck? I don't know. It's probably, base- probably Rebeck, but you can't pronounce the H shot. Yeah, it might be it. But it's basically a publicity stunt after Kent got a uh, bunch of press for essentially using a single leg takedown on a guy while tagging him at first base. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Might as well just freaking kill the guy, why don't you? I'm trying to figure out how how they even happen. Yeah. It's like, did you freaking dive at him and catch his freaking leg or something? Like, pull his ass back? I, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, that's when that's when baseball players were men, damn it. Anyway, that's that's always the the thing people throw out. Oh, people you know the, the athletes got too soft now. You know, it was <laughs> tough back in my day. Back in my day. Uh this one is gonna annoy both you and I, because I have the exact quote from Uncle Dave in here. Brad Armstrong debuted as Arachnaman from Web City. <laughs> that was that first part. I'm gonna let that hang for a sec because poor guy, man. Yeah, he, I know he died. Never got to avenge that. I know he was Arachnaman, the goddamn Candyman, uh, with, with Fantasia, who became Bad Street, and then yeah, clearly he he upgraded, you know, with Bad Street. Yeah, right. As we mentioned, that outfit was ridiculous 
and I, I'm sure I'm leaving some other stuff out, but he was also himself and he was, um, uh, what was it? Buzzkill. That was the last one. Yeah. Yikes. U double Z. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Dave claims that he was, quote, wearing a blue and yellow Spider-Man outfit, which was true, uh, that won't make DC Comics very happy. DC? Hmm. Well, uh, there's that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you want to hit him now. Oh, trust me. God's already hit him enough. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to leave that one alone because there's a lot of stuff I could say about that. But, yeah. Yeah, going back to the baseball thing, it's hard to, haul, it's hard to call him out compared to the big out got called on him. But I'm going to leave that alone. What the hell? <sighs> Back to Jim Hurd here. Hurd's uh, new plan is to drop all color commentators and just have Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Eric Bischoff doing all the various syndicated sh- uh, shows solo. So Diamond Dallas Page is going to become a wrestler now. Quote, you read that right, notes Uncle Dave. Yeah, because... So man, was he that saying they're like condescending? Like it's not good? Yeah, saying it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Well... Let me, let me check Wikipedia here and look at DDP's resume. I wonder what he's done. Yeah. Idiots. What, yeah, what what did he ever do? <laughs> so they did point out they're like... My only, ar- my only argument about it is it happened way too late for him, but, I mean, that's his nitpicking. But, yeah, he was a... Yeah, he was a fairly old rookie. Uh, I guess... That was Batista. To, yeah, right. It, how'd it work out for him? <laughs> Uh, last story I got here. Something tells me he likes Batista, though. He's probably got a more Dave-style body. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't really know how he felt about Batista. That one, I have to go back and check out some of his notes. Something tells me he wouldn't like him, though, because he, you know, he wouldn't fit in Japan, so. <laughs> so, he wouldn't oh, get that the... Took, I don't know why that took me a second to get... <laughs> he, he wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't get five stars in the Tokyo Dome. So you mean seven? He might get five. Yeah, right. Uh, the Chamber of this is the last story I have here. The Chamber of Horrors cage is just going to be a recycled thunder cage from Halloween Havoc '89. Now in the archives. Uncle Dave knows. I that, actually said that when I first saw this, so I didn't know it was intentionally that. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because there's no difference. No. Except they took down all the decorations or the, you know that were around the top of it, probably for good reason, by, by the way. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. You want you want to mess this one up? Yeah. Right. Well, Uncle Dave notes that fans should be wary because they won't have the great Muda or Tommy Young there to save them if it catches fire again, so they're liable to burn down half of Chattanooga. <laughs> wow. All right, that one's kind of funny. Is there I, a thing guess, there that I'm missing? You don't Is remember in 89 that uh, the, the cage caught on fire and Great Muda went up and blew his mist at it? Is that the one where Sting was in it, too? Uh, yeah. It was, yeah, I do remember. Okay. I mean, I remember the match. I don't remember that specifically, though. Yeah, it was Sting and Muda versus Flair and Sting, I think. And, uh, yeah, because they had those, like, gargoyles and different things hanging in the corners, and they lit off a bunch of pyros. That, that I remember. Forward. And wasn't there, yeah. like, tree branches and, and yes. leaves in there? Okay, yeah, okay. Yep, and then and Muda literally climbed the cage and blew his mist at the fire to put it out. I was like, damn, that's cool. 
and then Tommy Young had to like see, stop some see, of it out. Because of because of that, you might think it was supposed to happen. I know, right? It's like, all right. I mean, that's thinking on his feet for Muda. Got to give that to him. But anyway, that's all I got for this one. Uh, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, WCW Halloween Havoc 1991, right after this. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team otherwise known as the main event marks the one and only greg superfly greg he was on and he was talking about his love of the game so you might want to come over and check that episode out if you like what you hear you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from phf athletes espn personalities fathers of nhl players and a whole lot more come by follow the show give a like give a subscribe and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. We're back. It's WCW Halloween Havoc 1991 on October 27th, 1991. The tagline, an evening of terrifying destruction. Yeah. Of the entire wrestling business. <laughs> right. Uh, this took place at the UTC arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So, you know, JR had to drop in some lines about the Tennessee volunteers at some point. The attendance, yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, that's literally it. The attendance was 8,900 and, uh, the buy rate was 0.8 for 120,000 buys. Were you ordering the WCW pay-per-views at this time? Ew, my dad's friends were, so I watched it that way. Did you actually see it live? I do. I did. Ah, cool. Do you, uh, 
I realize this was forever ago, but do you happen to remember any, like, in the moment feelings about this? this? 92, uh, 91. 91. 7. Yeah. Uh, so I assume you probably don't remember anything. Obviously, Sting's my guy. Um, right. I don't remember what I was thinking in the moment. I do I, remember I, the cage thinking it was cool as hell. Like, it was awesome. Keep in mind, I'm 7. Uh, I just thought I, it was, like, the coolest <laughs> thing ever, and then... And then, like, you know, I don't want to get ahead, but, you know, at the finish of it, I think I was into it because it was the bad guy. So I just want to go back in time to see a seven year old Greg sitting there watching a man get electrocuted. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, what the F? I think if it was Sting, I might have broken down in tears, probably. (laughs) Right. Well, unfortunately, the show went against the seventh game of the World Series on TV. This is 91. Who's in that? Is that the Blue Jays in Philly? No, okay. It was the Twins and Braves. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think that was the next year I'm thinking of. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a better one. That classic line. Oh, you said, so you said Twins and Braves? Mm Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Oh, there's something to touch on there, the Braves. (laughs) Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, I said, uh, and the biggest football game of the year. Uh, Now that I don't... Oh, wait, 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 wait. It's not the Super Bowl, so they're already lying. Yeah, right. Uh, undefeated Giants against the Redskins, who are coming off a bye week. How's that the biggest game of the year? Well, don't forget. I mean, at one point, these teams were hot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The Giants I, are, oh, they're both. Yeah, they're both on their way to either have or already beaten the, the, the Bills. In the Super Bowl, this is the epic four Super Bowl loss run of the Bills. Oh, Both of those teams were involved. I think it was the Cowboys, the other one. Oh yeah. Well, you know the you know the difference between uh, the Buffalo Bills and Cheerios, right? Cheerios belong in a bowl. <laughs> Had to do it. But uh, yeah, anyway, so the buy rate was pretty much a write-off. Nobody expected anything for this. I can't believe was it wait. Was Turner owning this at the time? Yeah. So I know now. I just, I just, I just heard like recently that Tony Khan can never run a show or a bet against the NFL at all because he's part owner. Oh wow. I'm trying to figure uh, out why yeah. that doesn't work with uh, baseball. Or maybe it was different at the time. I don't or, know. Or maybe the rules are just different for baseball. I don't, yeah. Know, but never know. Yeah, it's weird though. But the show opens up with a cartoon going through a creepy yard to a haunted house and pictures of WCW wrestlers looking like ghosts flash on the screen. After opening up with Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone on commentary, they send it to Eric Bischoff standing outside the building. A car pulls up with Cactus Jack and Abdullah the Butcher getting out of it. (laughs) Cactus shouts. I just casually, by the way. Very casual, by the way. I like that. Yeah, right. Right. Get out like madmen. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, Cactus gets out, starts shouting, bang, bang, over and over at Bischoff, and Abdullah looks like he wants to eat him. Uh, Bischoff then uh, says that everyone's still wondering who the WCW Phantom is, and Diamond Dallas Page and the Diamond Stud pull in. DDP gets out and says, I see they got you parking cars now, eh, Bischoff? (laughs) And then he walks off. Yeah, right. Uh, next, Barry Windham drives up, and this was random as hell. I don't know if he was legit injured or what the hell, but he drives up in a convertible, 
Arn Anderson and Larry Zabisco just run up, open the car door, and slam Barry's left arm into it. And then Dustin Rhodes runs up and chases him off, moves Barry into the passenger seat, and drives off allegedly to the, to the hospital or medical facility, medical pal. Facility. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, man, Gold Dust drove the stalker to the medical facility. <laughs> it was not a gold Cadillac, though. Yeah, right. That was hella random, though. I was like, what the hell? Like, was he actually hurt? Because I think he was supposed to be on this card, and they pulled him. Probably, yeah. Yeah. But the opening match, man. God you dang see, it. You see, why would you start with anything else? Yeah, right. Well, let's get this out of the way early. It's Can we just L- talk about that real quick? Why did this open the show? I assume because they didn't want to put the cage up mid-show and then tear it down. So why don't they just put it up at the end? Well, that's what I'm saying. They probably didn't want to take time off to or like time out of the show to put the cage up. They probably just wanted it up to start the show and then I don't well I don't know because they had to tear it down so they did have to take intermission. Yeah. I, I don't know. Would you want this to be the last thing people saw? Uh, back then, yes. Now with my brain now, no. But I just still I'm laughing that it opened the show because this is the yeah. most hyped thing on the entire show. That's my point. Right. I mean, six one half dozen the other because either it's the last thing or the first thing people are going to see. Neither one is good. But it's El Higante, Rick Steiner, Scott Steiner, and Sting taking on Big Van Vader, the Diamond Stud, Cactus Jack, and Abdullah the Butcher in a Chamber of Horrors match that went about 12 and a half minutes. Uh, okay, so Barry was supposed to be on this card. Uh, Vader subbed for Barry Wyndham, and Cactus Jack subbed for Oz. Man, man match man. could have been more epic with Oz. <laughs> and the little, uh, what, what do they call him? Um, the Wizard? Him? Yeah, the Wizard. Yeah. yeah. He would have been out there, too. Yeah, welcome to Oz. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they could have played Shock the Monkey. No? We got Shock coming up, trust me. <laughs> right. Uh, maybe they pulled, maybe Wyndham wasn't injured. Maybe he was turning baby face. So they pulled him. I, I don't know, but they tried jamming a lot of stars into this one. And that just made it even more embarrassing. Considering all the stuff we're about to get on the rest of this card. Yeah. Right. It, it clearly shows. Yeah. Uh, the referees were one of my camp. first notes, by the way, why are there so many big stars in this match? That was my first. And, and El Higante. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, the referee's wearing a camera inside of a bike helmet, and they call it the referee. Hell yes. I just, didn't like the, I just didn't like that it was covering that sweet mullet. That's what pissed me off the most. But, you know. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. This was like the original GoPro, basically. It was weird. But everyone battles inside and outside the cage about it. A minute into this one, the chair of torture, which was an electric chair, uh, lowers into the center of the ring. Cactus Jack gets busted open. Vader loses his mask. You know, the usual. The switch that there because there's a giant switch. You got to climb up and pull it down to, to set the electric chair off. Well, it falls like it, like the switch falls down multiple times. And the camera sees this, by the way, 
Oh, God. And right in plain view, Cactus climbs the cage to push it back up. In the end, Rick Steiner belly-to-belly suplexes Abdullah the Butcher into the electric chair, straps him in, and Cactus, who apparently didn't think to look back for two seconds, thinks that Rick Steiner's still in the chair, so he flips the switch down, electrify, uh, electrifying the bloody Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, Tony Schiavone comments that Abdullah is well done. <laughs> yeah. The electric chair stipulation had nothing to do with the advertised stipulations, which, granted, were so convoluted that the writers of Lost would have <laughs> would have looked at them and say, maybe we should clarify some things. Uncle no, Dave, no, I totally understood. Yeah. Uncle Dave gave this negative two stars. I will admit the, the match itself sucked, but the brawling was fine. So I gave it a star and a half. What say you? <laughs> I gave it a star. I was tempted to bump it to two because I was laughing. Yeah. It put me to sleep. But, man, this thing sucked. The match itself, like, the actual wrestling wasn't terrible. Well, but good... Yeah. And then they lower that giant effing chair inside of a cage into the cage. And I'm like, what is going on? Real quick, to go over the story we were referencing – on that Legends show, Dusty Rhodes said some uh, said something about, I woke up in a cold sweat one night with an idea called Halloween Havoc. And he's going on about this electric chair, daddy, and somebody going to get electrocuted. And like, why did you ever think this was going to be good? And then he's like, well, and then the, the switch kept falling down on camera, and the camera kept, like, focusing on it everything and i just hung my head in the back of like oh man it's like my idea daddy <laughs> even on paper this looked like crap like why let me just see what the hell else we can do to abdullah <laughs> i wonder if jim hurd was in the back like ha ah this is awesome <sighs> gotta gotta get another slice of pizza i wish the ding dogs were in this <laughs> like, God dang it, next year we can do this with the ding-dongs versus the hunchbacks. <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been great. Holy uh, crap. Get the god dang candy man in there. But after the match, Cactus Jack Dunk. is... Sh- <laughs> uh, after the match, Cactus Jack is shaking Abdullah and squealing like a pig. Abdullah finally snaps awake and knocks Cactus on his ass. He then runs up the ramp, knocking over orderlies that were coming out to the ring with a stretcher. Tony says, well, he woke up and saw heaven and realized he didn't belong there. Holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> That's wrong. Uh, Tony Schiavone is the best part of this, man. Like, and he, sometimes he's still the best part of the show. Like, so I don't know why everybody craps on him, man. He was great. Still is. Uh, commentary eventually sends it backstage to Missy Hyatt, who's dressed like a Vegas dancer, and Eric Bischoff, who's now dressed like Dracula. Uh, they talk about who the WCW Phantom may be, and then they call in the Young Pistols for an interview. Tracy and Steve say that they're coming after the Patriots, United States tag team titles. They also drop a lot of redneck country lines before walking off. I think they're both baby faces, by the way. So that's the part that got me. I know. I'm like, they're cutting a heel promo. This is 
weird. They eventually would go on to be the wild-eyed Southern boys and, you know, finally get their last names. <sighs> this next match, man. Um, I feel like I'm going to be saying that a lot on this, this card. Is, this is money. What are you talking about? It's the Creatures taking on PN News and Big Josh. Went Tell 15... who Big Josh is, by the way. It's the future Doink the Clown, but he's a lumberjack here. <sighs> yes, it... he's an actual lumberjack. They're not having a lumberjack match. Right. And this went for 5 minutes, 16 seconds. The Creatures, Wait, I don't know who the hell they are. They're just some guys in masks and tights. PN News was most certainly the whitest black rapper of all time. Excuse speaking me, of, no ice says hello. <laughs> wow. Uh, speaking of white, why is he teaming with Big Josh? Uh, I don't know. I don't even remember this being a team until, uh, until I watched this. And... Right. And PN News is doing a little just, rap thing. I feel like PN and... News is just a thing Dusty Rose loved. I don't know why. Oh, hell yeah, for sure. They said, like... The white guy with soul, daddy. I think Tony Schiavone said it was mostly to bring in, like, because kids loved it. And, I mean, he got kind of a point. I mean, you look in the crowd and all those, like, white southern hicks are, like, dancing oh, while yeah, he's doing I mean, a stupid cool, rap. It was a clear demographic for WCW back in the day. Right. <sighs> but anyway... In the end, Big Josh hits the Northern Exposure, which is a running whoopee cushion, on one of the creatures. PN News hits the Rap Master Splash, real name, and then Josh stands on News's back for the pin on the creature. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it a star. This sucked ass. What say you? <laughs> star. I think I remember when I was a kid, I was kind of into PN News because he would always start his song right before he did the splash. Good and Lord. the song would be playing while the three was being counted. I don't know why I liked that was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It sucked. And then I'll get, I got to tell you, man, that's a lot of man boob coming down on the creature. I think he still wrestles to this day. Why? He couldn't wrestle back then. All right, I retract that. I think he still tries the wrestle to this day. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what was the show? Was it Great American Bash that you and I reviewed? Though he was on the damn scaffolding. Uh, yeah, I had it because that's usually where the scaffold match was. Yeah, everybody now in the archives go back. It was Great American Bash. It was like PN News and Bobby Eaton versus uh, Terry Taylor and um, uh, Stunning Steve. I believe so Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Red Rooster on the same team. Hell man. yes, man. <laughs> Take my money. Take speaking my everything. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of two of those guys up next is beautiful Bobby Eaton taking on Terrence Taylor with Alexandra York. This one went 16 minutes even. Was this? Uh, no, the Taylor made man was a different thing, right? Uh, yeah, that was after this. Uh, well, because he was the computerized man here. Right. So I think the Taylor man came first. OK, yeah. That and they, about right. they spelled it T-A-Y-L-O-R, the Taylor made man. Well, of course. <laughs> first, Good I'm Lord. just thinking, is that like an homage to his parents? The Taylors made him? 
Yeah, right. Yeah, it's all coming to me now. Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, the crowd's actually pretty hot for this one. Uh, this is like the second event I've seen Bobby Eaton do that where he lays them on the. They have that ramp that goes to the ring. Like, uh, let me, like, yeah, let me just say on that, I love that. I did too. It when was AEW cool. does it, I kind of geek a little bit. Yeah, it's, yes, yeah, I always dug it. Uh, but he, he laid the guy on the ramp, then he dove outside the ring onto the guy on the ramp. The other event he did that at, I, I can't, um, you and I had reviewed it, but that was the show where Big Josh walked the Bears to the ring and they pissed all over the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> so he you could see the lines of piss that he dove into. And I'm like, oh, gosh, poor Bobby. It's a couple extra hundred bucks right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but after an awesome match, Bobby hits the Alabama jam for the win. Uncle Dave gave it three and a half stars. I give it an even three. What say you? I gave it three best match of the night. For sure. Yeah, this one was really good. Uh, now, I, I like both these guys. Mind, it, I think it's best match of the night by a landslide. Not to give away anything that's coming up. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I mean, yeah, not saying the rest of the stuff sucks, but it's, uh, it's uh, not great. I'm not. I'm not not saying it doesn't suck. How about that? Yeah, right. Like, like uh, you know, like good suck. It, you know, it could be all right. You know, you just have to wait and find out. You know what I'm saying? Terry Taylor doesn't get enough credit, by the way. He was so damn good. I know. He he got a presentable match out of Nikita Koloff. That alone puts him in a different, you know, I think when people judge him based on the stupid Red Rooster crap, it's really unfair. Yeah. Well, then there are the people that, you know, there's plenty of the stories that circulated about apparently he was a giant a-hole. And so. uh, he leaked stuff to Uncle Dave, apparent, according oh. to Bischoff. Ooh. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, his uh, Uncle Dave, you know, freaking touched himself to Taylor sometimes. So, again, uh, you know, given you, him. You, know, you, you would think Taylor was Japanese or something. <laughs> what the hell? <sighs> well, this next match, man. One more, one more quick thing, by the way. Um, yeah. Was this in the was this the era when Bobby Eaton was a singles wrestler? Or was yep. I didn't catch that part. OK, so there yeah. was a midnight express. Yeah, Stan Lane and uh, yeah. Jim Cornette hightailed it for. Uh, That's right, and Bobby stayed because he was loyal. That's right. Yeah, well, he said he needed the money because well, <laughs> he had a family. Good. Yeah, because he was like, guys, I I need this job, and I they're think, like, I you get it? Something, I think I heard something about him and Armour, legit best friends too, and that helped. So that's what I meant by loyalty. But no, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that too. Uh, but up next, Jimmy Jam Garvin with Michael P. S. Hayes in his corner took on. Johnny B. Bad with Theodore R. Long in his corner. This went because four. if I'm going to get one of the Freebirds, I want yes. Jimmy Effin Jam. Hell yeah. A.K.A. Joey Janela. Wow. Uh, Joey Janela's father. OK, you get that right. But I laugh this, when people, uh, by the way, don't see it. I mean, you don't look at Joey Janela and see that he's trying to be Jimmy Jam. You don't see it. Uh, he wears the damn glasses. His hair is the exact same way. He wears the same flashy tights. He looks like Jimmy Jam had a son who tried to imitate him and also went on a drug bender. So I don't know. Went on one, assuming he stopped. <laughs> right. Hey, I didn't say any of that. I just said he went on one. <laughs> but this one went about, uh, well, it went eight minutes and 16 seconds. The Freebirds are clearly baby faces here. And 
this isn't like I had to check to see where they were because they're in Tennessee. Yeah. And they come out in Atlanta Braves gear doing the tomahawk chop and getting cheered. Like what? I mean, I would assume maybe they're just the local team or the closest team. That has to be. I I don't know. It's I don't know who cheers for who in Tennessee, but. Uh, Michael Hayes had apparently if you're in Tennessee and you were a hardcore fan before I'm going off of Jerry Waller, it's Cleveland. So I don't know where Atlanta comes in. Well, wait, well, they are Atlanta GA, you know, bad streak, but yeah, uh, right. I, I don't know, man, (laughs) but, uh, Michael Hayes, uh, Michael Hayes had to appear here with his arm in a sling to get to, uh, basically get out of his match with Van Hammer. Because he would have been cheered, and WCW wants the Freebirds as baby faces here. Wait a minute. But now that I'm rereading that here, did they think that Van Hammer was going to get cheered over the Freebirds? Over anybody? <laughs> right. Oh, my God. There's the one guy I'm cheering for, man. It's Major Stash. Or Private Damn Stash. Straight. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, Maybe Private, get... though. It's a too low of a rank. Right. Morals, dude. Morals. <laughs> uh, Hayes does get involved a few times. Jimmy Jam hits the DDT, but Long is distracting the ref. Garvin argues with the referee, uh, gets turned around by Bad, and Bad knocks him out with a right hand for the pinfall win. He's a bad man. Oh, yeah. And he's just too this, damn pretty. This was a bad match. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Dave gave it two and three quarters of a star. Okay. I gave it two stars for below I, I average. Just, I don't know what the hell you guys are watching. I thought this whole thing sucked. Holy sucked. <laughs> I gave it one. I thought it was slightly below average. I didn't think it was like complete garbage, but uh, not great. Definitely not pay-per-view quality. That's for damn sure. Saturday night, 6.05 on the Superstation, maybe. Yeah, right. We now go backstage with Missy Hyatt saying that she's been unable to find the WCW Phantom. Bobby Eaton walks by carrying a pumpkin for reasons, and Missy stops him to ask where the Phantom is. She literally begs and says, Aaron, and he says, I'm going to celebrate. I just want a match. And then he looks at the camera and goes, women, and walks off as Missy pouts. I okay. I mean, I don't remember why, but when I was a kid, I knew who the Phantom was. I don't remember why. I think I might have seen a glimpse of him. Uh, Maybe he did the move and I saw it. I don't know. They make it painfully obvious who it is at the pay-per-view. But, yeah, I, I didn't see any of it before this, so I don't know. But up next is stunning Steve Austin with Lady Blossom in his corner taking on Dustin Rhodes. And is that his legit wife, by the way? It was. Yeah, it was his first uh, his first wife, I want to say. The one he had his kids with. Uh, you can actually see her. She's she's British. You can see her in one of his documentaries. And then she come up with the name Stone Cold. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Uh, Dustin gets busted open at one point. Lady Blossom gets involved once, slapping Dustin repeatedly behind the referee's back. In the end, neither man can pin the other, and we go to a time limit draw. Uncle Dave gave this three and a half stars. I gave it two and a half. 
I wasn't that big of a fan. What say you? I gave it two. Could have been way worse, though, I'll say. Yeah. But with these two guys, I expected more. I don't know. It just felt like it was average. Well, also with these two guys, I know what they're capable of because we've seen better. Granted, yeah, this is like right. one of the first times they wrestled, to be fair. but Yeah, but still, it's just like, ugh, weak. It's weak sauce. Uh, Kids still say that? Holy God. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, uh, up next, you want to talk about uh, weak sauce, man. We got a commercial now for Starcade 91 Battle Bowl, the Lethal Lottery. I'll, I'll this save is, from the time. I'm just going to say and, this right now. Yeah. I did not, when I was a kid, I, I kind of liked the idea. I thought it was clever. It's clever. I think even it nowadays, sucks. I can see it being clever as long as it was like made sense. Yeah. Well, I'm going to save everybody the time now and just let you know it sucks. <laughs> uh, I, don't I just I guess there's something about the appeal of good guys and bad guys teaming is what got me. So, yeah. Well, and then freaking Russo repeats it uh, in like ninety nine. And that sucked. He also tried it. He dabbled with it in, in 1985 with the Survivor Series. So there's that. It, 1985? 95. Right. Oh. Oh. Uh, oh, was that the Oh, yeah, yeah, Where, um, like, they uh, they had that weird team at the end. Was that it? Yeah, I think Bulldog was on Michael's team. Razor was on the bad guy's team. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Nobody could get along, and it's just like it was a mess, man. Yeah, I remember, but... I remember watching that, and I was just like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> I assume it was Russo, but I could be wrong on that. Ninety-five, though. He, yeah, I think he was still with the magazine at that point. So I, I don't think he officially joined the writing team until like late '96, early '97. I don't know. Somebody could correct me out there. I'm sure they uh, will. They will. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, continuing on with it, you know, speaking of knowing what people are capable of, but not in a good way. Up next is Oz versus Bill Kazmaier. This one went about four minutes. Uh, Oz, for anybody that doesn't know, is a young Kevin Nash. He comes to the ring without his cool entrance and looks like he'd rather be back bouncing in Vegas. Wouldn't you? Yeah, you have to come out like this. I remember him saying something before he was like, when I got told, like, I guess um, uh, Dusty Rhodes pitched the, the gimmick to him. And he's like, yeah, you're going to be Oz and you're going to be from the land of Oz and whatever. And he's going through the whole gimmick. And uh, and <laughs> Kevin Nash was like, hey, um, isn't that name kind of weird? Because, like, Oz is like a geographical location, not a person. And Dusty's like, well, that's your name, kid. <laughs> like, he <laughs> walked off. <laughs> Don't ever correct Dusty. Yeah, that's with somebody else, baby. We're going to leave you right where you at. And where you at, it's on the yellow brick road, daddy. <laughs> 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 oh, man. But, yeah, Bill Kazmaier walks to the ring carrying a giant wasn't, earth real, ball. Wasn't he shoulders. the strongest man competitor or something like that? Yeah, he was the... I, I don't know if he was. I think he was the world's strongest man at this point. So he carried like this giant earth on his shoulders walking to the ring. Oh, is that he, why? I guess I didn't piece that together. Yeah. Okay. These four minutes felt like 40 minutes. 
And that's never good. That's what she said. <laughs> wow. Uh, that is good. Kazmaier makes Oz submit to the torture rack, which even the commentary seemed confused about. Uncle Dave said, quote, They didn't call it the torture rack if you caught that. Well, they were like, well, it's almost like Luger's torture rack. Well, he, uh, <laughs> They didn't call it that, though. They, they acknowledge that it's not. His, yeah, they're like... His, you know, he, he, he does the other thing with his arms. Yeah. Sure. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Uncle Dave said, quote, it could have been much worse, but they didn't have enough time to put together the worst match in the history of WCW. So that's good. Holy God. He gave it negative. <laughs> he gave it negative half a star. I gave it a star. Let's say you. Oh, man. I, I debated giving this a zero, but I gave it one. <laughs> yeah, it's just it was bad. Like, good Lord. Worst thing on the show so far by far. And this. Oh, had, there's so much. You get, well, OK, so far, you said. Yeah, I said so far. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple up. of things coming up. Man. <laughs> yep. Well, we're talking well, 90 seconds or so. Yep. So, this not to spoil anything, but go ahead. Well, this next match, it went a minute 13 seconds. It's Van Hamma taking on Pretty Boy Doug Summers. Pretty Boy yes, Doug Summers, that by the Doug way. Summers. Yes, he was on uh, Super Clash. One, I believe, w, uh, AWA Super Clash One, now in the archives. And he's still so, pretty, by the way. I just want to point that out. He's still pretty he, boy. To me, he looked like somebody's grandfather that put on some trunks and decided to go in the ring. But he looked like he was going to pull a quarter out from behind your ear. But during Van Hammer's <laughs> entrance, there's a guy on the stage jackhammering cinder blocks. <laughs> I Why? think they meant. I think they meant for that for Big Josh, and they messed up. They get the cue. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's he's uh, doing that while Van Hammer is playing electric guitar all the way down to the ring. Not plugged in, by the way, so nobody can hear it. But he's doing it. Hey, I look cool while I'm doing that with my Guitar Hero guitar. So how's this any different? Screw you. <laughs> wow. Uh, he should have came to the ring and been like, "Who's gonna? Who wants to get infected tonight?" <laughs> You know, I just saying that 2021. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, uh, they might not fly. <laughs> but this one is short and sucks. Van Hammer wins with a dangerous looking slingshot suplex into a pin. Damn near dropping Summers on his frickin head. Uncle Dave said, quote, Hammer only missed three out of five, three out of the five moves he tried. He gave it negative one star. I gave it a dud. Let's say you. I decided not to rate it because I don't think this was a match. <laughs> it sucked. Van Hamer sucked. It all sucked. I'm not even going to uh, acknowledge it as a match. Yeah. And spoiler, you may get that from me one more time. Maybe. Wow. Maybe. Let's just stay tuned. Here we go. All right. <laughs> well, backstage, Brian Tillman cuts a promo saying that the upcoming light heavyweight title match means everything to him. And he's dedicating the match to his family and all of the WCW fans that support him. Uh, we now switch to Alexandra York and Richard Morton. Alexandra puts over Morton, and Morton then says some stuff. I don't know. It's like, hey, I know I'm not over without uh, without uh, Robert, and I can't do this. God help me. Something like that. That was my interpretation of it. I mean, I'm stuck with a hot chick with a computer. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. 
Oh, man. But anyway, this next match is flying Brian Pillman versus Richard Morton with Alexander York in his corner. It is for the vacant WCW light heavyweight title. It went 12 minutes, 45 seconds. Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone completely bury the referee cam with, with Ross calling it the uh, referee camera. And Shivani says, uh, referee, I think. And Ross says, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Oklahoma lost last night. I don't care. Dude, even back in 91, Ross didn't give a damn. <laughs> so yeah, it's funny. He's not, even, he's not even on his way out yet either. So it's like he's got I a know. whole other year and a couple of months. Right. Yeah. He, well, he's he not cared. Yeah, he didn't leave this company until uh, the Cowboy got, got the boot. I'm pretty sure he debuts at WrestleMania 9, which is 93. Right. So we're talking well, year and some change? Yeah. Yeah, so that's true. Well, I mean, I'm only pointing out, because I'm like, man, he's like he's not even on his way out, and already he just doesn't give a damn. So it's not right. like he's got somewhere to go right now. <laughs> right. He's like, what the hell are they going to do? Fire me? They just gave me a raise. All right, I'm already fired. Wow. we got to get one of them in on every show. <laughs> Uh, but this was decent, but not as good as I had hoped it would be. Brian wins with a flying crossbody off the top into a pin. Uncle Dave said, quote, huge disappointment, and Pillman was still injured. He gave it a star. I gave it two and a half. I thought it was at least average. What say you? I gave it two. I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, Which is weird, because Brian Pillman's amazing. Yeah, Richard Morton was uh, Richard pretty Morton's- damn good. Morris Warren's great when yeah. Robert's with him. <laughs> well, I mean, he can wrestle pretty well. I, I honestly expected more out of these two, but yeah, they looked like they were just having a match. Oh, speaking of having a match, up next, the Z-Man taking on the Halloween Havoc Phantom. It went for about a minute and a half. Um, and Zinc. Yep. Hey, who better to bury... <laughs> The WCW Phantom is in a half half and half black and white mask and a black bodysuit. We can see the mustache through the mask. And when they get a, get the camera too close, it's obvious that it's Rick Rude. He ends the match, by the way, by beating the Z-Man with a rude awakening. Oh, I, I, I've seen that move before. Yeah, I, in, some, <laughs> in some places they would call that a rude awakening. <sighs> Uncle Dave gave us. Or even yeah. say that. Have you realized throughout the course of history, that's one of the only finishing moves that hasn't been bastardized? Have you realize that? Yeah. Like how it many people been, really do it? It's been mean, used as like a cutoff move, but yeah, I mean, everybody kind of does variations of a neck breaker. So. I mean, like the DDT, the super kick, and the cutter. You know, it's kind of been overused, but I feel like no one does this one the way he did. Yeah, it's not quite the same as as Rude, right? Uh, Uncle Dave gave it a star, by the way. I gave it a dud, because just like, how can you rate this damn thing? What say you? You can't, so that's why I didn't rate it. (laughs) Yeah, it sucked. Because I'm not going to rate it, because it's just just a bona fide segment that happened to have an opening and closing bell. (laughs) They should have just stood there and compared abs. Yeah, right. Well, we all knew that, but... Yeah, right. Yeah, it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been the WCW sweat hogs. 
But up next, speaking of sweat hogs, we get the enforcers of Arn Anderson and Larry Zabisco defending the WCW World Tag Team titles against the U.S. Tag Champions, the Patriots, Firebreaker Chip and Todd Champion. This These one, are real <laughs> names, folks. Yep. Todd, uh, Firebreaker Chip dressed <laughs> up like a fireman and Firebreaker Todd Champion. Chip. <laughs> <laughs> And Todd Champion was, I guess, in the military. I don't know. He was like a U.S. like military looking guy. I feel like Todd Champion is like Johnny Wrestling now. He's just right. champ- Todd the Champion. Right. Yeah, this went just shy of 10 minutes. Uh, as stupid as the, the gimmicks of the Patriots are, they've got great looks. They aren't terrible wrestlers. So I, I don't know. In the end, Firebreaker Chip banks off of Zabisco and staggers into an Arn Anderson spinebuster for the win for the Enforcers. Uncle Dave said, quote, everyone tried, but Todd is incapable of being in the right place at the right time. He gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it two and a half for average. What say you? Gave it two. Arn and Larry had their had their uh, working boots on. <laughs> yeah, right. Welcome to Larry Land. <laughs> I just, that has not I, been introduced yet yeah right i feel like both men just like afterwards had to go ice their backs after this one for carrying this damn thing like i said chip and champion weren't horrible they just weren't great see when i first saw this or the lineup and like getting ready to watch him like oh the patriots they're gonna face Buff Bagwell and the Patriot. And then I remember, no, that's Stars and Stripes. Who the hell are the Patriots? Right. Oh, I went man. over my head, honestly. <laughs> Firebreaker uh, Chip, man. <laughs> I hope he got his cut of the merchandise that you know, he clearly champion. sold. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, we're talking two or three bucks for all that, for all those shirts sold. <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, and that shirt went to his mom. Actually, no, she wouldn't wear it. And he she's bought like, it, so he actually lost money on it, so whatever. Yeah, he gave it as a Christmas present, and she's like, why the hell would I want this? It's garbage. I put the pictures of you. Yeah, right. I won't even put a picture of you on my mantle. Why do I want to wear you on my shirt? <laughs> <laughs> You're an embarrassment, Chip. Get out of my house. Jeez, man, he's up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I went hardcore. Anyway, uh, Eric Bischoff is on the ramp now to introduce Polly Dangerously and Medusa. Dangerously says that WCW fired him as the co-host of WCW Saturday Night. So if he may have another volley, sir, he is going to bankrupt WCW and destroy everyone's heroes. <laughs> Did he you didn't... notice how different his voice was here compared to now? Yeah, That's it was the a lot first deeper. thing I caught. Yeah, his voice was like pretty deep back in the day, and then it like. I mean, kind of the same with The Rock, too. If you go back and listen to the old Rock promos, like his yeah, voice was Austin, too. His voice deep. wasn't as deep. Yeah. Austin went the opposite way. but Right, yeah. Uh, Paul E. now brings out the WCW Phantom, who unmasks as, no, it's, it, it's Rick Rude. I never would have guessed. <laughs> Making this only the second obvious Rick to be under a mask in WCW. Oh, uh, now in the archives... Was it uh, Starcade 89 or 90 that we reviewed? I think it was 90 with the Black Scorpion. Uh, it was 90, right? Yeah. Okay. Now now back in the archives. 
Anyway, Rude says that all he cares about is himself, his women, and his money. Then he says he's going to go after Sting and will destroy him and take the United States title. So that's where it sets up for the uh, Clash of Champions coming up. But we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, we're going to hit the main event and then wrap this thing up right after this. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. All right, we are back. Yeah, we're back. We now get a highlight video of Ron Simmons walking around his old college in, of uh, Florida State University, training with the equipment, jogging around, etc. His old coach talks about how great Ron is and we hear Gary Michael Capetta announcing Simmons over the end of his video where he's running up the stairs of the arena. I didn't know this, by the way. I thought he had to quit playing because of injury. Apparently, he got kicked out of the program because he got caught stealing stereo equipment. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I, that was new to me. I think he did have a knee injury, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, the main event is Alex Luger with Harley Harley Race and Mr. Hughes in his corner. He's defending the WCW World's Heavyweight title against the All-American Ron Simmons with Dusty Rhodes in his corner. It's a two out of three falls match, by the way, which I was like not paying attention. So when the first fall happened, I was like, oh, well, that was quick. (laughs) Yeah, right. And I'm looking, I'm like, what's going to happen with the rest Uh, of the show? I thought it was over. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm looking at the runtime. I'm like, is there another match after this? But this went about 19 minutes. The first they fall really of... didn't advertise as hardcore as a two out of three, did they? No. Yeah, because okay. that's not that's not good where you and I both missed that. <laughs> but the first fall doesn't last very long. Simmons hits a spine buster off the ropes for the pinfall. Between falls, Dusty Rhodes and Harley Race give pep talks to their guys. 
For the second fall, Ron Simmons backs into the ropes. Harley Race holds onto him for whatever reason, and then Luger runs at him, and he dumps him out over the top rope, leading to a disqualification to tie it all up. You know, because that was a DQ back in the day if you threw somebody over the top rope. Yeah, because that was meant sense. Right. Uh, the final fall comes when Luger pile drives Simmons for the pinfall win, clean as a whistle right in the middle of the ring. Uncle Dave is shocked because Dusty Rhodes managed to book an entire pay-per-view with no screw jobs. Uh, we both gave this three and a half stars. I did think it was pretty decent. What say you? I gave it three. It was good. I was I, I, I was kind of shocked how you know it was better than I thought it was gonna be. I'll say right. And I, I did say, I, I, I'll i say I upped the rating a little bit just because it was a clean-ass finish in the middle of the ring. Yeah. I'm you know, still confused. Like, I didn't know the matchup was going on. I mean, just two out of three. But. I know. Uh, do, do you realize this was like the second time where like Luger is supposed to be a heel, but he wins clean as a whistle with a pile driver? I didn't realize like, that. <laughs> well, what was the other one that we just reviewed? Um, I... It was where he won the belt to begin with. Uh, Flair was supposed to be there. Oh, it was uh, Great, Great American Bash, Bash 91. Yeah. yeah. Great American Bash 91. He he was supposed to take on Flair in a cage. Uh, Barry Windham stepped in. And remember at the end of the match, he was supposed to turn heel. And yeah. his turning heel was just like running up and hitting Windham from behind, hitting a pile driver on him and winning. It's like, yeah, oh, right. that a heel turn? All right, whatever. But that does it for the show. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the final ratings and tell you what's coming up on the podcast. Follow the Main Event Marks on Twitter and Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Yeah, hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. We're back. 
and we're back. Last segment of the show here. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this a 5.7 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 5.74 out of 10. I gave it a 6 out of 10 for an F. What say you? Gave it a D plus. Really? Yeah, it was, it was like the worst piece of crap ever. No, that was Great American Bash 91. Again, now <laughs> yeah. in the archives, go check that out. Ah, oh, man, that's that. Uh, the show kind of sucked, man. Well, not kind of. It, it sucked. Holding sucked. It did. This was rotten. I I don't know. Uh, I, I honestly booked it just because I'd never seen the whole show. I knew it was bad, but I wanted to see it. And uh, there was that freaking um, what the, that Chamber of Horrors match. So I was like, we got to talk about this crap, dude. We just have <laughs> right. to. So anyway, that does it for that uh, that show. Coming up next week is actually double main event week. Meaning we got a show on Wednesday and a bonus episode on Freaking a Friday. Bonus. Oh, yeah. We have talked about it and we have decided on the bonus episode for uh, for October. First, on Wednesday, uh, October 20th, we are going back to 2006 to review TNA's Bound for Glory 2006 for its 15 year anniversary. I just went back and watched it and I texted you. I was like, dude. I had no idea how good the show was, but watching it back, it yet, but I will have done this week. So, oh yeah, it was a big step up, um, a big step up from uh, last week or last week, last year, like in 2005. I, I don't even really remember Bound for Glory 05, and that's not really a good sign. Uh, 2006 was a great show. Closes with Sting and Jarrett. We also get. AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels versus LAX in a cage. Oh, shoot. I can't even remember half the stuff on the show. It was it was definitely good. Wait for that next week. And on Friday, we're actually going back and reviewing some territory shows, man. Now they got them up on the cock (laughs) for the October bonus show on Friday. We got we're going to WCCW World Class Championship Wrestling. Oh, it is some class. (laughs) Uh, we're covering one show from October 25th, 1986. And because they're short, we're going to do something we've never done before. We're going to cover October 25th, 1986, which is Fritz Von Erich officiating Bruiser Brody versus Abdullah the Butcher in a cage for the main event in the Cotton Bowl. And the second show we are reviewing is from October 1st, 1988, where the main event is Jerry Lawler versus Kerry Von Erich to unify their world titles, the AWA and WCWA titles. Uh, we've reviewed one of their matches in the past from Super Clash 3, uh, now in the archives. Go check that out. But this one's interesting. I've never seen any old WCCW stuff, so I'm anxious to see this. I've already got the news compiled. There's a lot of interesting stuff to take you back to 86 and 88. So looking forward to that. Action-packed week next week, Greg. Looking forward to it. Thank you for joining Thanks. me here. And thank you for joining me here today for this one. Mm-hmm. I uh, uh, I don't know how to make it up for you other than next week looks good, I guess. <laughs> so uh, tune in for that. Hope, back. <laughs> yeah, I hope you all got a laugh out of this week's episode at least. And we will see you all next week for Double Main Event Week, starting with TNA Bound for Glory 2006.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.